On this edition of the Scott Radley Show, we are talking about food and convenience. Grocery stores everywhere are now getting into the business of delivering food to your house. But is this going to work? Or are you one of those people who needs to tap the melon and squeeze the avocado and look at the tomato in person? We'll talk about that with a food expert. And in a hugely controversial move down in the States, there was a person who died and decided they wanted their dog, their pet, their healthy pet, to be buried along with them, to spend eternity in their casket. Should you be allowed to do this? Is this okay or was this cruel? We go to you. We listen to you. We hear from the listeners about what you think. Enjoy. Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. Saw a commercial the other day for a grocery store that was offering a pickup or delivery system. You may have seen this commercial. It's an ad about how busy mom was, and suddenly she wasn't going to have time to go out and buy the groceries for the week, so she got on her phone and, I guess, dot, 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 boom, 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 bingo, the food is at her door. The concept behind this is certainly not new. I mean, whether it's fresh food, how long has pizza been delivered to our house? Other things. Milk before that. And we've heard about it again recently with grocery items for a while, but it feels like we are on the cusp of this becoming a much, much, much more commonplace thing. I want to bring in a friend of the show. His name is Sylvain Charlebois. He's the senior director of the Agri-Food Analytics Lab at Dalhousie University. On Twitter, you can find him as the food professor, not the food processor. That's a different thing. The food professor. He joins us now. Sylvain, thanks for doing this today. Hey, good afternoon. I do process some things, but not, <laughs> not food. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we'll call you the Cuisinart if you would prefer. That's um, uh, So is this concept, it seems as though this is about to really explode. Is that the case? I think so. Uh, I mean, people are looking for convenience, and uh, they, they are looking for different ways to connect with food in general. And so obviously this is the one thing that... Uh, you know, we, we carry uh, we carry a phone. We can actually uh, download an app, and we can connect with anybody, uh, any restaurants, and and the food can be delivered very very quickly. So yeah, it's very convenient, and uh, and and people enjoy it. And we've changed our shopping patterns because of that, because of the internet and our phone, and we've changed our shopping patterns with everything else seemingly. So why not food eventually? Well, exactly. I mean, with food, uh, we are pressed for time. Uh, we have busy lives, uh, and uh, so and when you come in from work and uh, you have uh, screaming children, for example, or you have uh, things to do, you don't have a whole lot of time. Within really 15, 20 seconds, if anybody listening to us and that you ha- that haven't tried an app on on a phone, it really can take you no more than 15, 20 seconds to order the meal you want. It really is quick. Uh, it's very intuitive, and, uh, and that's why uh, things are working well uh, for, for many apps out there. You mentioned the word convenience. Is, I hate to ask this question, but is it entirely convenience, or is it also laziness? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not going to judge the, the intent But I certainly will say one thing: is that more and more people are not necessarily prioritizing cooking and uh, preparing food for themselves. That's that's. I I think I'll leave it at that. (laughs) But most importantly, I mean, they're also looking for quality. Mm. So when you think about uh, menu design, 
decisions you have to make every single day uh, in terms of what you're going to eat. You don't have to worry about any of that. If you're if you have allergies, uh, intolerances, if you're on a ketogenic diet, uh, all of these things really will make your life uh, more complicated in the grocery store or the restaurant. You can actually get rid of all that and go to an app, and that app will customize uh, your offering based on your needs and wants. And you talk about, it's not just like we've traditionally, when you talk about something delivered to your door, as I said, it's pizza or it's wings or it's something like that and groceries are coming into it, but there's a step in between there and you just alluded to it. It's really taking off. It seems with these pre-designed meals that everything is delivered to you and you just drop it all into a wok or a frying pan. And in 10 minutes, you've got your dinner. You don't have to do anything except for just heat it up, cook it. Yeah. For the meal kits uh, specifically, uh, this is the one thing that uh, that is a beauty. You can actually uh, get what you need. It's all pre-cut, uh, prepared for you to look like a chef within five to seven minutes, really. So if you're hosting someone and you can't really figure out things in a grocery store or in the kitchen, they'll, they'll basically uh, design everything for you. I, 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 meal kits, I think of them as... Uh, the Ikea of food. You basically (laughs) get what you need and you put it all together in your own kitchen in a few minutes. Does it, though, come with a strange little tool that doesn't work with any other equipment? (laughs) Well, you can always eat it. That's the beauty. With Ikea, you can't. You're stuck with that extra bolt. We the big thing though in this is not just the the meal kits or the fast food. It's the idea that we're venturing now into the grocery world. And the one question I have about this: we're willing to buy electronics online. We're maybe willing to buy clothes or books or whatever else. But there is something I think we still like to go to a store and squeeze a tomato or tap on a melon or do whatever because we want to make sure we get the best food item. It seems to me that that's something that the stores are going to have to guarantee in order for this to really work. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, empowering someone you don't know to, uh, you know, select your produce is, uh, is probably a step a lot of people aren't willing to make yet. But is it a growing number of people who are willing to do that? And, and guess what? 78% of people who actually do order once will eventually order a second third and fourth time. And so, and Amazon knows this. And of course, uh, we've seen recently that uh, other grocers in Canada are uh, aware of this stat, uh, like Sobeys investing in Bond, for example, in a distribution center to support their e-commerce strategy. Loblaws is looking into it. Costco is running a pilot in southern Ontario, uh, seeing exactly how you can uh, order, you know, $200, $200 of stuff and, and get it home uh, without carrying all that heavy bulk mm-hmm. food. So those are great advantages for, for consumers. We still do like the idea of touching our own food in the grocery store, and we still want high quality. So the grocers know this. The people who are behind this know this. This means then, does it not, that any grocery delivery that's going to come to your house as part of a pre-purchase online, they can't deliver any imperfect food then? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it is part of the experience. And, and, and they know they need to deliver on, on the experience and on quality as well. Uh, the, 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 the most difficult part of all this is, is to answer the following question, who's going to pay for delivery? 
And we all know, and grocers know, consumers don't want to pay for delivery. How do you actually make money and deliver all these products all over the place and still make money? That's the main challenge. Amazon was able, with its Prime program, was able to do that. And, and, and if you start charging people, and, and they have, uh, you're just going to turn people mm. off, and they won't buy online. And eventually, once Amazon gets into the market in Canada, uh, well, people will just order more food online, and, and, and they'll lose business. For the longest time, grocers wanted to bank on foot traffic, only to figure it out at some point that, really, if they don't go online somebody else will. The idea though, that this food, and I want to get to that in just a second, but the idea that this food has to be perfect, that nobody wants to pick up the bag that's left at their front door and see a crappy apple that's in there or some, or an unripe, whatever else. Is this not going to lead to an increase in the amount of food waste we have? Because suddenly there's a bunch of stuff they can't deliver. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it needs to be managed. If someone is not happy with the delivery uh, they have to really support that in some way, uh, and they'll need that. They'll need a fleet to deal with that as much as possible. Um, yeah, you'll 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 have to manage. Grocers will have to manage different expectations. Uh, if you don't, uh, if you don't allow people to empower themselves in picking whatever they need to pick, then somebody else is responsible. And if that decision is not acceptable for the consumer, well you got to take responsibility and remain accountable. You did mention, and we want to get into this, uh, the business side of this, because if you're going to add people who are going to do essentially do your shopping for you and then drive it around, that's more staff. That has to cost more money. It just does. There's no, I don't think there's a way that it can't. And if it's going to cost the retailer more money, is there any way this doesn't ultimately cost the consumer more money? Oh, it will. Oh, absolutely it will. Don't expect any bargains online, for sure. Uh, the other issue, of course, is packaging. Uh, I mean, you want you want your your delivery to be safe. You want your food to be safe, and so you need plastics and ah. proper packaging. And that is another big challenge. Yes, it is. When delivering food, grocers are going to have to figure out a way to to make it sustainable to develop a sustainable model moving forward because more you're seeing it in the meal kits right now a lot of people are turned off by meal kits just because of the packaging involved and they say well i'm not i'm not absolutely i don't, I don't want to support this at all there's too much plastics well plastics are there for a reason to keep food safe so right now grocers are, fig- are trying to figure out a way to get the food to your door at no extra cost well allegedly of course <laughs> you won't notice it cost more but they won't charge you for for transportation specifically, uh, explicitly, and of course they want to keep the food safe without the plastics. But that that cost probably then, if they don't want to make the delivery look like it's onerous, if it's way more expensive, that's going to have to be spread out to everybody, whether you get delivery or not. Exactly, it's like Walmart. I mean, Walmart, you get great deals on certain products, but some other products. They're not good deals. I mean, you actually will pay more. And so online, you're likely going to do that. The problem, of course, with online uh, purchasing is that you are dealing with a more rational client. The customer actually is more informed, has the time to get the proper data to compare prices. So it's a little bit trickier to, uh, to get someone to buy uh, on impulse. 
Last thing before we let you go, how are the smaller, and I mean, there aren't that many really in, in this country anyway, around here, independent, small, ma and pa grocery stores anymore, but even the ones Actually, that are... you'll be surprised, 40% of really? all food sold at retail or sold by independents. Really? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Well, absolutely. how do they keep up then? Because there's no way that they could compete with Amazon or Walmart or Sobeys or Loblaws or whoever. How do they keep up in this world? You're right. And so the, the when you look at, say, Longos or different independents out there, they, they, of course they have to look at the experience as much as possible. You can, you can always deliver different products uh, within a mile of, the, of, of a store, say, um, there are different ways to do it, uh, but of course, I do expect independents to focus way more on the experience, on the in-store experience, than the larger outfits. It is, uh, it is a fascinating thing that is growing and growing and growing. You wrote a great piece. You, people can find it at thespec.com. Uh, it's up there. It's, it's, uh, it's a really interesting topic. Sylvain, thanks for doing this again today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Take care. Uh, we got Sylvain as he was just getting back. He's been traveling all over the country speaking. Go online. The Food Professor, not Processor, The Food Professor. You can find him on Twitter and elsewhere. Great stuff there. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Here's what I want to hear from you on today. Uh, a story that uh, this one got a ton of discussion where I was today. This is one of those stories that boy, oh boy, uh, seems to hit a, hit a nerve. So I want to bring it to you, the good listenership to have your thought on this one today. And you know what? If you choose to go against the common grain, that's totally fine. In fact, I would love to hear from someone or two or five who think differently or don't necessarily go along with the crowd. But here's the story. It comes from Richmond, Virginia, and there is discussion going on about ethics and pets. Don't know if you heard this story. It's a little upsetting for some people. It will be upsetting for some people. But there was a guy who um, who passed away, and he was an older gentleman, so the story goes. Uh, sorry, she was an older woman. Pardon me. She was an older woman, and she loved her dog. She had a little dog named Emma. It was a Shih Tzu. And, the, I mean, the picture that is attached to this, I don't know if this dog is Emma or just another Shih Tzu, but it's the, the picture that goes with it, which of course makes the story way more difficult, is one of those pictures that looks like it's from those commercials with Jan Arden singing where you have the dogs behind the cages looking at you with those literally puppy dog eyes. Anyway, in Virginia, this woman, this elderly woman who had her beloved dog, she passed away. And as part of her burial arrangements, she decided that she wanted to be buried with her dog. Trouble was, she was now deceased. The dog was fine. So in her will, or before she left or whatever it was, she had arranged for her dog to be euthanized so that it could be buried with her. And that's what happened. A vet down there decided that this was her wishes. So a dog that was otherwise healthy was put down so that it could be buried with its owner who had just passed away. What do you think about this? And here's the two sides to this story, and I want to hear from you. The two sides of the story, one are, come on, that is the cruelest thing I've ever heard of. This was an otherwise fine dog. Surely somebody could have taken this dog. Well, maybe, possibly. The flip side is, this was her pet. Ultimately, it was her choice what to do with this pet. 
owners put their pets down all the time. Usually because the pet is in pain or the pet is suffering, but you could make the case that this pet was so attached to the owner that it would have been in pain. It would have been emotionally distraught had its owner, its beloved owner not been there anymore. Therefore, it was fine. If they want to be buried together, if the the owner wants to be buried with the dog, that's fine. Well, what do you think about this? I want to hear from you. What side do you fall on this one? Is it okay? Are you totally in within your rights and are you totally okay to say, you know what, when I go, I want my pets to go with me, regardless of what state of health they're in, or is this absolutely cruel and unusual and weird and should be banned and should not be allowed to happen? I want to hear from you. 905-645-3221 or star 9900. Those are the numbers to call. Because here's the thing. I obviously, I think 99% of us, when you first hear this story, say, well, wait a second. This is, this is cruel. This dog was fine. But there is a little tiny part of you that says, or maybe says, well, wait a second. I don't know that this dog was going to be fine. We don't know that this dog had a place to go. We don't know that there was someone willing to take it on. And we don't know that how attached this dog was to its owner. This may have been an act of compassion in some kind of strange way to allow for this dog to be euthanized so it could be buried with its owner. What do you think? 905-645-3221, star 9900. Where do you land on this one? Let's go to Fred first today. Fred, how are you tonight? Hello, Fred. Uh, I'm trying to put a little bit of a different look at this here. It's a pet that she loved very much. Is it possible it could have been a person, too, that she loved very much? Would she want to her to, him or her to be with her, too? Good point. We don't allow that. Yeah. Not yet, anyway. And this is pretty weird, you know, to do that, you know? We, you know, And, Fred, you know, the funny thing is we don't allow that in our country. There are some who say we may be on a slippery slope towards it with doctor-assisted suicide and such, but we're not there yet. But what would happen if you were in the position, what if this pet was so close to you, Fred, what if this was your dog and this dog was so close to you that it was in your mind that if you died, this dog would have no happy quality of life? Does it then make it excusable? Well, what I would do if I was a millionaire, I'd give it all the money to the, the dog and <laughs> people would have to take care of the dog that I'm gone. Oh, yeah, well, that's an interesting to, idea. To, for... to make it happy, you see? Are you saying you're not a millionaire? Well, I could be. You never know. Scott. I don't know. Fred, I appreciate the call. I'll hold out for it. Hey, listen, remember me when in that will if you are a millionaire, right? You know oh, how to spell okay. my name. Fred, okay, thanks Scott. for the call. Nice let, talking to you. Let me go to Stuart. Stuart, how are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Where do you stand on this thing? Was this okay because it was a pet and there could be reasons, or is this totally uncool? Well, I, I'm kind of in between. Um, you know, I've, I've got many pets myself, and I know that when my wife is either gone away for a, a weekend or a week or something, uh, I see the distraught in, in her dog's face for looking for the mom. Um, and, it, and it does, it, you know, pets fret. Um, you know, if, if one dog dies, the second one is usually not far behind because he loses his best friend or something. Uh, we have to, we have to also look at the, 
the sanity of the animal as well. Let me the jump second- in for a sec, Stuart, because you raise an interesting point here, and I want to jump on it for just a second and let you comment on this. In With humans, with people now, we have, and I think it's a very civilized thing, we have taken the position that mental health is legitimate health. It's not just that you are nuts or that you're weak or something. If you have mental health issues, we treat it like it's a health problem. So if we would normally only put down a dog for physical reasons because it has cancer or something, but to your point, is there a mental health thing where you say, you know what, this could be cruel to leave this dog here? Absolutely. The, the, the advancement of, of, of animals nowadays and, and what dogs can do for us, uh, you know, we have, we have emotional support dogs, we have police dogs that, that track, that, that sniff, um, those dogs' brains are, are, are so more advanced than ours. How, how can you say they, they aren't mentally unstable when something traumatic happens? Uh, so that, to that point, I would say yes. Uh, you know what? It's, it's in the dog's best interest or the animal's best interest. The second part of my point is maybe, maybe there's nobody left to take care of this dog. And we don't know that. That was unclear. Yeah, the vet, the vet in this story, sorry, the vet in this story says we could have found someone, but we don't know for sure. Well, if, if we could have found, found somebody, then there would not be uh, associations like the SPCA with, with hundreds and hundreds of animals looking for homes. Stuart, I, I appreciate your call. Thank you so much for calling in. Uh, 905-645-3221, star 9900. The story is that in Virginia... In Richmond, Virginia, an elderly woman who passed away asked for and received the work of a veterinarian to euthanize her little pet Shih Tzu to be buried with her. She wanted the dog to be buried with her. And the vet said, yes, well, this has, of course, created an uproar because some people are saying that's completely insane. That is completely cruel. Why would a healthy dog be euthanized just because a dead person wants that dog in the casket with them? Where do you stand on this one? Because there are, weirdly, there are two sides to this one. 905-645-3221, star 9900. Lisa's up next. Lisa, how are you tonight? I'm really good, thank you. Excellent. What do you think about this? Well, I think it's horrific because I think that, first of all, I have a shit too, but I think that any dog after that kind of a trauma can fit into a loving home afterwards, and a dog like that is always taken right away into a loving family. I've been to rescue dog places where really kind, wonderful people take in severely abused dogs, and they're okay in the end, too. So I know that dogs can come around. I just can't imagine being so selfish as to put my dog down if he's healthy. I don't get it. Lisa, I appreciate your call. Thanks for calling in today. No worries. Thanks. Let me go to Paul. Paul, how are you tonight? Good. How are you, Scott? I'm excellent, thanks. What do you think about this one? What side of this do you fall on? Oh, man, I'm telling you. Okay, so to your point, there's two sides to it, but I'll tell you, I have a Shih Tzu. I would have taken her Shih Tzu. Uh, I I think it's selfish. They're a beautiful animal, and for sure there would have been a home for it. We seem to have all the Hamilton Shih Tzu owners (laughs) calling in today. That's good. So it hits close to home, obviously, for you. What about the idea, though, that we don't know if this dog, what this dog's, I don't even know what the right word is. It sounds funny to say it's mental state, but I mean, it's emotional state when its owner is gone. What about the idea that maybe it was a compassionate thing? Well, I'm not buying into that myself. And again, there's two sides, but you know what, Scott, everybody says, let's talk about money. You can't take it with you. So why would you take your dog with you? 
It is, uh, it, well, and you know what? This is exactly why this has been such a talking point today, because people are saying that those exact words. Paul, they're saying, why would you do this? But she did. And, and I want to add, and I haven't said this before, this has also created a huge discussion in the state of Virginia. They're talking about whether or not laws should be passed to prevent something like this in the future. Uh, listen, Paul, I appreciate your call. Thanks for calling in today. Thanks. Let me go to Frank. Frank, how are you this evening? I'm quite well. I'm glad I, I, you, met, you made me wait here because uh, the uh, airplane from the, what is it, the one at the... Uh, air, the, the Lank, yeah, went over? Yeah, it just, it just flew, uh, blew, flew over and I lost you, you see. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, you know that, uh, maybe you don't know, but uh, with this, if this is in the will, I would presume this is in her will? It was in her will or it was a request of hers to a vet before she died. It was, she, she made the request somewhere. Okay, well, okay, it, it, should, if it, it should be in her will, because, see, that dog automatically becomes a benefactor of the will. So that dog would have to sign for this an agreement, don't you think? I'm not sure this dog was capable. Shih Tzus are smart dogs. I'm not sure they're there yet, though. Well, you know, if you have any intention of doing this, and here's a little bit of heads up, start teaching your dog, just put a pen in its mouth, <laughs> you know, and start teaching your dog how to, how to you know, S. R is all that required there, okay? And that's way there'll be no bones about it. You cannot contest a will as long as that is a signature on there. It's a done deal. Frank, I appreciate it. I got it. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, Frank says there's no bones about it. I don't know if Frank was... Uh... Let me go to Christy. Christy, how are you this evening? I'm all right. How about yourself? I'm excellent. What do you think about this? Are you someone who's listening to this saying, this person is cruel for doing this? Or are you saying, I can maybe understand why this happened? Well, I think, I think um, my perspective is a little bit of both. Number one, I would just like to say that I think it's absolutely ridiculous and cruel. But on the flip side, I can also say that given the way our society is going... I'm actually not surprised. I mean, if you think about the way the country is beginning to view life in general, um, I don't know exactly which states are all of the details, but I'm hearing stories and things about different states in the United States that actually allow the mother to make a decision about the life of a child right up until, as long as the baby is still um, dependent on the mother, even if the mother is nine months pregnant, that mother still has ultimate control and an ultimate decision to decide whether or not um, that baby will get to live its life. And if they're thinking that way when it comes to babies, why wouldn't they give a dog owner the same right to be able to decide for something that it belongs to? to decide whether or not its life will get to continue living with without them. Christy, I appreciate your call. Thank you for those insights. I really do appreciate it. Uh, he, here is something to consider. Oh, I don't know why this is not... There we go. Um, let me see if I can... Our phone, as I say, the phone system has just gone completely berserk. So how about that? Uh, one of the things that we, you think about, and we get this in the media all the time. We hear this in the media all the time. And that is that if you have a story about a child, an adult, something horrible happening to a person, you will get some response. 
But if you have a story about something bad happening to an animal, to a pet, especially to a dog, unbelievable the amount of response you're going to get, as we've seen today. Absolutely unbelievable. There was a story a while back that I remember was covered all over the place. And it was a story, and it was a horrible story. It's nothing. I mean, this this story again. You can have different views on this one, and thankfully, if a vet did this, at least it was humane. Even if you don't believe that the overall action was humane, the way it was done, hopefully, presumably, would have been painless. But this other story was of a dog that had died a at the hands of an owner, and I got to tell you. I don't think there's ever been a story that generated as much. It didn't matter who had been killed, who had been murdered, who had had this happen to them, that happened. For whatever reason, people's antennae and their emotions and everything else go through the roof when it's a pet that we're being talked about. And so this particular owner, boy, if they wanted to make sure that they went out in a blaze of glory, they did it. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML. The Scott Radley Show podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Radley. Thanks again for listening, and do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. It is free. You will never miss an episode. And also, be sure you rate us and review us. Whatever you think of us, we'll take it. Thanks for listening.